one day, my fourth year, I, was, I think I was already ordained a deacon, uh, the uh, floor dean, uh, also a deacon, a classmate of mine came in and we sat down, we were having a meeting for the floor, and he said, I hate God's law. And unfortunately, we, most of us knew what he was referring to. It was a Tuesday, and Tuesday midday prayer includes a psalm, O Lord, I love your law. And so we were talking about what that, what that all meant, and, and sometimes keeping God's law is hard. Sometimes, uh, even uh, we're not keeping the, the law of the Old Testament necessarily, uh, but uh, sometimes even that is hard. It is so hard to be good. That's a phrase I've used with, uh, a few times with a certain someone uh, that, uh, to, to remind myself, it's so hard to be good. It's so easy to be bad, isn't it? You know, there's a million ways to be bad and, and stuff, but there's only one way to be good. And that's part of the reason God gives the law, is to help form us. And today in this first reading that we have, Moses is saying, if you live these laws out, people are going to look at you and say, what a great and gracious God they have that would love them so much, that would give them the law. And the question is, do we really believe that? And I have to admit, yes, I do at times. And sometimes it's difficult to, with all, all the things. And of course, the, Moses is referring to, of course, the Old Testament, especially Deuteronomy and, and uh, Leviticus. And the law contains in it a couple different categories. Some were how to live and adjust, how to make uh, a just society. You know, the commandments, the great commandments come into that. Or how to set up society in the size of the Ark of the Covenant or the meeting tent or, or the vestments or the, the anointing oils or all this stuff, the liturgical stuff of how to properly worship the Lord. And some was kosher laws of how to eat and keep, uh, keep a house prepared and ready for the Lord. And most of us are aware that we as Catholics have set aside those kosher laws because Jesus Christ has told us to, especially through the Apostle Peter as he was having a dream when Cornelius was to enter the, or, uh, yes, was to enter the church. Uh, St. Peter had, an, had a vision of God telling him, rise and eat even the unclean animals. The best example, well, for those with heart conditions, probably the worst example we can use uh, for breaking the kosher law of the Old Testament is a bacon cheeseburger. You were not allowed to have pork. You were not allowed to have cheese with meat. And so keeping that kosher laws was very, very difficult sometimes because you could not have dairy and meat in the same meal, nor, according to the law, could you even serve them on the same platter a couple meals apart. So you had to have a separate dish for meat and a separate dish for dairy products while that was taken it beyond, perhaps. And some take it even beyond that. Some Jewish homes that keep kosher yet today have actually two kitchens, one dairy-free and one meat-free, just so they don't contaminate the others. Now that's, of course, in the, the more richer homes. Any Jewish person would tell you keeping the kosher laws especially is difficult. Most of us don't have trouble with going around and killing people or, you know what I mean. I don't mean it that way. <clears throat> we don't have, have to struggle of, oh, that's right, I can't kill that person today. Or well, maybe we do. 
but we know we would never literally do it. But the kosher laws are difficult to keep. And St. Paul tells us that God has given us these laws for now as a custodian to help us. Or in further reflection, perhaps we'd come to understand that these are laws that God has given to help prepare the people of Israel for the coming Christ. And now that Christ is here, those laws, much like fasting, perhaps are set aside. Of course, we're still called to fast and abstain from meat, especially uh, Fridays of Lent and Ash Wednesday. But by and large, we set aside those kosher laws. And today, when we look at this gospel passage, we have the Pharisees and the scribes who are upset. They, they see the apostles not keeping this ritual. They're not upset because they're eating with dirty hands, physically dirty. You know, I, as I read that, I thought, well, gee, this could have been this last year. You know, how many of us have went out to the marketplace, Ivy or wherever, or Brad's, and got groceries and came back and wiped them off right away? And we almost made a ritual of it. I heard of people that were uh, microwaving their mail because they didn't want things. We're not talking about uncleanliness in that regard, but ritual uncleanliness, impurity. That they weren't washing their hands in a particular style, with a particular ritual. See, they had made this a ritual thing. And they're holding the apostles in contempt, with contempt, because they are not washing their hands properly, according to them. And Jesus says, you set aside the law of God for this ritual. And he reminds them that it's not what we eat or how we eat that necessarily makes us impure. This reminds me, one of my favorite scenes is in the Christmas carol as, as Marley's ghost visits Scrooge and Scrooge turns to him and says, oh, there's more gravy about you than grave. You could be just a piece of undigested beef, a, a spot of mustard. He's acting like it's what we eat, not reality itself. And Jesus says, no, it's what's within the heart. What's within the heart, that's what's evil and what can, can come out. And this might help us to explain how in good families, sometimes there's bad things that people from good families do. I was reading about a particular, uh, particularly heinous murderer, uh, a serial murderer, came from, from a really normal family, did horrendous things, because evil lurks in the human heart. It's not what's outside that gets in. Sometimes it's the inside that gets out. And he says, from, from within our hearts come evil thoughts, a chastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. And so the question is, what is in our hearts? As I say that, I have to admit, I, uh, on Monday I had an echocardiogram and I got to watch uh, on the screen what was happening. I saw what was in my heart. I didn't see any of these things that I could... I could take great pride in that. Not really. Because we're not talking about our literal heart, of course. We're talking about the core of who we are. What is there when we allow the Holy Spirit to take us into that core? What do we find in our hearts? Do we find all these evil things? Uh, one of the days this week, we had Jesus 
taken the Pharisees and scribes to task, saying you're nothing more than whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. And I think there's a truth there for us to contemplate. Sometimes we are, because we've allowed those things to gather there and to be corrupted even further. Or do we find the Holy Spirit? Do we find God's Spirit within us? Cleaning out all those evils. We cannot have evil in our heart and the Holy Spirit at the same time. It just doesn't work. And from our baptism, we're given the presence of the Holy Spirit. Through confirmation, that presence becomes full. And we become full members in the church. It's renewed in a way in every Eucharist. As not only do we become the body of Christ, we've, as we've talked about these last weeks, but that body of Christ then allows us to live in holiness. St. James instructs us to be not just hearers of the word, but doers. And there's something for us to reflect. It's not enough. Had the people of Israel said, well, we, we heard the law. We've heard it all proclaimed to us. We've heard about the size of the Ark of the Covenant and the kind of wood, and we've heard about this meeting tent, and we've heard about this, we've heard about that, and that's all fine and good, and we're keeping the law because we heard it. Well, no one would say that. The same way that for us to say, well, we heard of the Holy Spirit, we've heard of the Eucharist, we heard of baptism, but rather we need to live it out to be doers, not just hearers to be doers. To love the law means to do and follow the law. Not to add to it or subtract from it, but to live it all.